Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. My name is Chris. My name is Chris. My name is Chris. Um, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. Just chilling. Happy to be here. Happy to another day. You've got your guitar. It's been a long time since you played some music. Now, I mean, not right now, but I think you should. You want me to play a song? Uh, you know what I want you to play? What? And if you've already played it on here. What? You're going to get upset. What? Forever and Dead. We've done it twice I on the show. I love that song. I'm not doing Just play it the verse. Just play one verse. No. And then I'll shut the fuck up. Please. I'm asking you. Please. I'm a fan. Just listen to it. I'm a fan it. making a request. Just one fucking verse of Forever and Dead. Are you kidding me? Please do it. Ugh. Building, standing set. You sing it. Forever and Dead. One, two, three, four. Forever and Dead. Building, standing set. Something, nothing, one, two, three, four, ever in debt. Building, standing, set. Standing their ground to defend. Shit, something happened. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, ever in debt. Building, standing, set. Standing their ground to defend against the rest. We're all at odds. Don't forget your bets from the roof, I yell. You hardly break a sweat. It's great. I like it. I've, uh, that's overtaken, I like that more than Good So Bad. Really? Well, I've just heard Good So Bad. Every time I edit Dopey, I fucking hear so Should we stop playing Good So Bad? No, it's fucking great. The lyrics are fire. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I've already told you this. Um, so I'm seeing this woman, and she listens to Dopey sometimes, and, you know, at the end we play Good So Bad, and it's literally just a random recording that we did during an episode that I edited out, and I added to the end. There wasn't, like, super prep. We didn't do multiple things. And that's the uh, the outro for every dopey. And so, I told this girl that I'm seeing that that's Dave singing. Look at you talking about the girl that you're seeing. And she was. Can sh- we talk about lonely space? No, we can't. No. And she was shocked that uh, her response was that it, it was she was peeved because she thought it was like some famous song, and she's like she hates to see talent wasted. That's implying that's that I've wasted my talent. Well, it's it, what she's saying is that you should be uh, famous for your uh, beautiful music. Give me a break. Forever in debt. Well, <laughs> how about that? You should read the article that dude wrote, and he ended it with forever in debt. That blog. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to read the article. All right. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, should I read the email before you continue, or should we do that after? No, I'm going to sing a song. You have me do all this all stuff, right, and I don't want to do forever in <laughs> debt. I just debt. wanted to hear forever in debt. All right. This is a song called... Uh, it's a song I wrote with a friend of mine named Zev. It's called... Uh, is it about drugs? A little bit. Okay. All your shit is sort of... It's not, it's not usually directly about drugs. It's about something related... Yeah, a little bit. to drug use. It goes like this. It goes... Just the other day you threw my stuff down the drain And you wouldn't have it any other way But I did not complain Because I knew it my stuff was already down the drain And there's a hole in my heart And a great, and a great big sucking sound And that's how it feels since you've been around Hole in my heart And a great big sucking sound So I'm packing up my suitcase And I'm Mississippi bound So nice by the moonlight But how could I have been so wrong 
six days a week And I got a hole in my eye socket But I go blind when I hear you speak And to add to my plight We got into a fight I thought everything would just work out alright That one's not the best one. No, I couldn't help but like listening to this and just thinking we got to step up our game for our website and everything. First of all, I think our website could be tweaked, but like we need to you put. Think we need could, to put. You think our website yeah. could be tweaked? We need to put all your fucking songs on there. We need to have its own thing and not in the blog. Have our own thing with your songs, and then all the fucking covers. I'm just thinking all the creativity your songs have led to. There's been three or four covers of Good So Bad. We've got John's Methadone. We've got Cormac songs. We've had people send us original content. It makes me think be, of something, by the way. We should be putting that I shit up on there. Idea. And we should be putting the emails up. I, sh- I like to write. I should be writing more for the website. And if we fucking did that, that's the way to get this out here, you know? Definitely. Number We're one. We're so lazy, though. We're just going to talk about it on the what podcast we? and do nothing. What do you mean we? <laughs> Listen, number one. We're limited by time. Number two, I wrote that song a million years ago, it's so great. it's got You're its right. problem. It's heartbreak and drug addiction, and it's fucking great, dude. Like, it spoke to me. I like it. It's good. You liked it? I'm telling you, it's fucking good. But now I, me- I tell you if your shit's not good. I don't tell anybody else in the world. If you give me something that's not good, I, I, I won't say I hate it, but I'll say it's okay. And if I say it's okay, it's You've horrible. never hated anything I've done. You just said Dopey was okay. That was, no, the, that, that, was, was you, that was your big, that was your shtick <clears throat> about how dopey is okay. That's, That's what you said. You said if we did, if we were around each oh, other yeah, more, yeah, yeah, it yeah, would yeah. just be. Well, I was talking about myself because I hold myself to different standards than the rest of the world. Reel up. Hold on. Rewind yeah. for a second. I, I have an idea. Give me a black one of those. I got the gray one of those shirts. I like the black one. I'll, I'll give you a black one. All right, continue. Okay. I have an idea. Yeah. You ready? It's called the Dopey Podcast theme song contest and we make a, a plea to the listeners yeah, and, but the, first of all I know where you're going with this and continue but I'm going to say the reward should be a dopey hat a dopey hoodie a dopey shirt you're going to buy them? yeah okay I'll buy them with our meager profits what if I just enough profits to buy that what if I win? or am I ineligible? you're ineligible I'm an eligible. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. I hope I win because I want that dopey hoodie. <laughs> I really do. Um, <laughs> Isn't that so funny? What? So, like, we... First of all, I don't own a dopey shirt, right? Uh, we use this thing called Printful where if you guys order something, like... They make they, it. Yeah, like, you spend 40 bucks. Like, <clears throat> the, sh- the, the sweatshirt costs, like, 35 and we make 5 bucks. I think we have, like, $80 of profit or something sitting in an account. And literally, I don't have a dopey shirt. Dave wants a dopey hoodie. 
our own gear and we're like, hmm, saving up for that dopey. <laughs> it's true. We, don't even, we can't even buy it ourselves. But the dopey hats, I sent out, you got to, I sent out six free dopey hats to I Lucky Fans. two. So that's pretty cool that we got, we got 12 hats. I have four I'm left. I'm telling you another thing and just black and don't do just the face. I just want to do the face. Anyways, t- continue, dopey contest. The dopey podcast theme song contest this is the first contest we've ever done and it's for musicians or non-musicians to write a theme song for dopey we're not necessarily going to play it at every episode but maybe we will i fucking like john's methadone so catchy the first time i heard it, i was like Meh, it's okay and then you turn it off and you're like i want to hear it again that's not a theme song for dopey Why not? because it has to say dopey in it yeah but uh, make a hook with dopey right now all right Right off, you can, you can, got it like that. All right. Times are tough. Can't get enough of that dopey. Making me mopey. Yeah, what can you rhyme dopey with? I got no hopey. Gotta listen to that dopey. Got severe mental illness running down my back. Hard. <laughs> Dopey's a hard one to rhyme with. Dopey podcast is the best podcast that I know. Here we go, right? I love that dopey every day. I love to hear the next thing that Chris and Dave are gonna say. And yes, there's dopey. I used to be a junkie. But now I have some hopey Because of those dopes down at Dopey We used to record on the Lower East Side Now we're out in the Hamptons Guess we're gonna be moving on up We used to shoot heroin And Chris likes to ring that bell with that cocaine But I like to listen to that Dopey (laughs) I like it, that was pretty solid, dude Huh? Yeah the point right is... Right off the rip, that one is probably a contender. It's middle of the pack. How about this? Dopey Podcast is the best podcast I have ever heard. Sure, church and other drugs, they talk about Jesus. And bread in captivity talks about jail. But when I about severe mental illness I put on that dopey uh, Talking about dopey I need some soapy Cause I'm so dirty I can see how you could do the rap battles I want to listen to dopey But Cormac will probably win. Cormac's got the production. Did I tell you I got a guitar? Huh? Did I tell you I got a guitar? No. My place? No. Yeah. I've been practicing. It was one fish song. Here we go. It's just one fish song I always try to play. So I got I have I got a new apartment, Dopey Nation, and um, I got a guitar, and I've been practicing. So tell me what you think of this. Reminds me of an 
old episode of Dopey. <laughs> Can you play any chords? Can, can you play, play any chords? Uh, I tried. I don't have a guitar. I made all that up just so you play yeah. Twinkle Twinkle. That was not Twinkle Twinkle. That was twinkle. Twinkle Twinkle. I used to play a violin and I would pluck it like a guitar and that's how I learned to do it. Can you play any I, chords? I, I learned this one. I can't even play it. I try, I've try. i owned three guitars and I had a guitar teacher once and I can't play anything. What? Hold on. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. So else. you're not going to enter the dopey theme song no, contest. No, I will not be. You know, one time I took a bunch of LSD and I just did this of my friend on a guitar and I just went, why? Obvious. Why? Sleep too much. Why? What was that obvious thing? It was, um, I took a bunch of LSD and I got obsessed with the word obviously in the phrase, I'll be asleep. And I thought they were exactly the same. So I'd say, obviously, I'll be asleep. Obviously, I'll be asleep. Obviously, I'll be asleep. Obviously, I'll be asleep. Listen to that Dobie. <laughs> All right, let's put that away. Okay. Now, just for the hell of it. Without further ado, I thought Flaming Couch Story. I want to read you this. How long is it? I don't know. <laughs> this is more... How long is it? Wait, wait. We need to do the email, too. Yeah, we got plenty of time. All right. This is for all of you Artie Lang fans out there. I'm okay. sure we're going to get emails. Tina. Tina M. Tina from Philly. She loves Set Artie. Teens. We haven't heard from her as much. We hear from her. She never responds I'm... to the emails that I write back to her, though. I miss Tina. Yeah, I love Tina. Tina's the best. I wish Tina the best in life. Okay, I'm just going to read this. It, it starts, it starts, Artie has the biggest career opportunity of his life. I'm reading from Crash and Burn. Artie has the biggest career opportunity of his life where somebody wants to invest in his website, this multi-billion dollar guy. And he's flying in a corporate private plane to a casino to do a set with these very, very, very rich people. Yeah. And this is him on the plane. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. There is no worse curse I could wish upon my enemy than opiate addiction. It's an albatross that you can never truly remove from around your neck. At best, you make it invisible and keep it at bay before it drags you into the depths. Um, Now that I've gotten that off my chest, let me tell you what happens when you're a true opiate heroin addict and you get a generous amount of that stuff in your system and you need to take a shit immediately. I'm not talking about some work-a-day crap that you can pull off on the side of the highway rest stop. A full toilet and some privacy are required. <laughs> Did you ever have that happen when you did dope that you shit immediately? Well, if you're sick for a bit and you don't shit and then you do dope. Right. My, but I had a weird thing. It's, I mean, I think it was Coke always. I would get Coke and every time I got Coke, I had to shit immediately. Yeah. So I always shot Coke on the shitter. Because it was like this big release thing where I dropped a shot while whilst I poop. Whilst. Whilst. It uh, wasn't like an effect of the drugs as much as it was just an anticipation type You want to hear this? It's yeah, funny. Yeah, continue. That's the brand of shit I laid down on that plane in the very nice, nicely decorated cubbyhole of a toilet at the front of the cabin. It was a completely horrible and human crap. Literally the most disgusting, foul, olderous... 
odorous shit a human being has ever dealt. How do I know this? I dealt it, I smelt it, and everyone else on the plane did too. I should have seen it coming, since we were flying private. I'd brought a large bag of heroin with me, which I hadn't planned to dip into until after the show. But these people were all so perfect that I needed to be numb just to be in their presence. I I started hitting it hard the second we got on board, and of course I couldn't stop. So I kept returning to the bathroom every few minutes after the seatbelt sign went off. Artie, are you okay? One of their beautiful wives asked me after my third trip to the head. Oh, yeah, I'm great. Couldn't be better. (laughs) I didn't want to shit on the plane, believe me. And since it wasn't that long of a flight, I figured I could hold it. But I was wrong again. After a while, my ass was going to let go wherever I was sitting. So I figured I should at least do the right thing and put it in a toilet. As a longtime abuser, I've had the misfortune of polluting many toilets with toxic human waste. But I have to say that this particular instance took the cake. It was really, it really was that bad. Just one of the worst heroin shits I've ever shat. For all the things I don't remember doing in blackouts, this is something I wish I could forget. If I think about it too long, the stench will come back to me and I'll gag. It takes a little over two hours to fly to Detroit, and my bowels gave out about 45 minutes into the flight. We had been making small talk the whole time, all while I kept getting up to do more drugs and returning, trying my best to keep everyone laughing. I wanted to be as charming as I could to make up for the obvious fact that I was trash and they were treasure. I wanted to show these lovely people that I am smarter and more well-read than a Google search of my name might suggest. I didn't go to college because college is for losers, and I barely graduated high school. But let me tell you something. For most careers, none of that shit matters in the real world. If you read a lot, stay up on current events, have a curious mind, and aren't lazy when it comes to learning about what's important to you, you don't need a degree. I've met plenty of Ivy League morons I'd run circles around if life were the Olympics. I have no idea what they thought of me before then. I just know what they'll remember me for. The hurricane of shit that came from my ass. After too many lines, I knew I had no choice. So I went into that little closet and let loose the mythical kraken from my crack. The plane was so small and sleek and efficient that everyone else heard all about it because the can was no more than five feet away (laughs) from them. They were enjoying a quiet night and civilized cocktail party chatter, which made it all worse, because this shit was not going quietly into the night. Once my pants were down, I let it go, and my ass sounded like it was killing Sonny on the Long Island Causeway in The Godfather. There is a very specific type of heroin or cocaine-induced shit fueled by the copious ingestion of these drugs, which causes your body to empty itself so suddenly that you feel like you're sitting above a thunderstorm. That's not really even part of it. It's that much bigger than you are. The worst part about it, like lightning, it can't be controlled. Plus, the thunder is really loud. It also leaves evidence of its destruction behind when you're a heavy guy. What becomes an issue because it's not exactly easy to wipe your ass properly. It's really gross. (laughs) Imagine how much harder that is when you're high and in a Barbie-sized bathroom. And just beyond the folding door, a plane full of beautiful rich people are listening to you. I was fucked. I'd put on a show I had no intention of starring in, and I couldn't even clean myself up because I could barely move. On top of that, I had to go back out there and make small talk with people who couldn't be nicer or more intimidating to me. Did I mention that everyone was hungry when we took off? 
All they could talk about as we taxied down the runway was how great the catering was on the jet and how they couldn't wait to dig into the sushi and seafood they'd arranged for. I felt bad that they were about to sample the sushi with a coating of my shit stench on it. Since I'm coming clean here, haha, get it? I'd like to admit that I also completely shit my pants on that plane, which I'm even less happy to admit is something I'm no stranger to doing. I can't remember the first time it happened, but I know for a fact that during that phase of my life, it became a regular thing. It began to happen so much that I made a game of it by stashing my shitty underwear in the corner of the balcony of whatever hotel I happened to sleep in that night. This was a one-sided game because the maids who were my opponents had no idea that we were playing. (laughs) And by the time they did, I'd already won. It was an Easter egg hunt where the eggs were all brown and and only one kid was looking. Here's how I played out. If I shit my pants completely, I'd find the most tucked away corner of the room. I'm sorry. It goes on and on. What it reminds me of is, uh, you know Clancy, Tom Clancy? Yeah. He writes like these like military books. He would, I, I, I can't read his books. He'll talk about a machine gun in his books and he'll describe a machine gun for like four pages. I'm like, this is fucked up. Artie's describing shitting for like four pages. And Believe it or not. If there's one thing I could change about that flight to Detroit, to Detroit, it wouldn't be the shitting, my unclean ass, my stinking inability, or my inability to go 15 minutes in their presence without doing heroin. The only thing I'd do differently would be somehow keeping the Jets catering from serving an amazing meal. That was the coup de ass, if you will, because the moment I came out of the bathroom and met everyone's disgusted stare... Exactly then, the staff began to roll out these gorgeous plates of sushi. Can you think of anything less appetizing to eat with the scent of fresh shit hanging in the air? On a plane. Oh, man. It just gets... That's hilarious. I think it's a good book. It's fucking funny, dude. There's a lot of way funnier stuff, but I just like the idea of him being in this tiny jet with these rich, beautiful people. That's so funny, It's nasty. He's such a tragic man. I like it, dude. How do we get him on? We don't. How do we get him on? He asks... I don't know. We still haven't done the already built. I'm gonna send a hat, dude. Send a hat to the. House. I think we should just go to Hoboken. Yeah, and I agree. But we should send a hat in the meantime. I have more um, notes. Should I read the email? Yeah. All right. So this email, my friends, is pretty good. It's from John, um, who uh, another Kensington story. Kensington. Sits How did Dopey up. hit Kensington? So I know hard. it's not. It's even, like a bigger epidemic well, Tina, than heroin. Well, Tina told us that everybody like talked about Kensington, but it's like not real or I don't know. She explained it to us. Tina didn't believe that Tim was from Kensington. Is that what it was? Or she thought he was from someplace else, not Philly or something. Okay. Tina, explain. Write us an email and explain it to us. Yeah, we're, we. She explained it to us in detail, but we're just idiots. Uh, okay, so this is from John. The subject is heroin backslash Kensington backslash overdose story for you guys in the show. You like That's that? That's us, yeah. Um, first, let me start off by saying how much I love your guys' podcast and how much I love being in recovery and not having to wake up like a slave every day of my life. My clean date is September 16th, 2016, and I'm a longtime IV heroin user. I'm 35 years old, have been married for 13 years, and have a a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and another daughter on the way. The simple fact that I'm alive and still have my family is a miracle in itself. I've written you guys a few emails and posted a five-star review, which you read on episode 76. 
I've been wanting to call in. He didn't write and say that I interrupt too much. I've been wanting to call in or send a voice memo, but every time I start the recording, I stop it because I feel like I sound retarded. So I figured I'd try to email it to you, so I hope it translates okay. I lived in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, so I either copped in Camden or Northeast Philly, otherwise known as K and A in Kensington. Or Kensington. YouTube Philly Dope, and you'll see the entire Drugs, Inc. episode of it. It's a pretty good portrayal of what it's like. It ain't called the Badlands for no reason. It's basically an open-air drug market, 10 to 15 blocks of dope boys on each corner and center of the block, watching on roofs, 10 to 15-year-olds on bikes as lookouts. It's madness, man. So me and my buddy would always go to the same set at Sea and Somerset. Top of the block was never hot and had consistent bags called Avion. $10 a bag or $120 for 14 bag bundles. Nice. It wasn't cheap, but it was 14 worth, bag bundles. It wasn't cheap, but it was worth the extra cash. So we're both sick and on our way to cop. And as we hit the exit 26 off of I-95, you could almost feel your stomach flip and a smile get plastered across your face. We were so close I could smell it basically. Isn't it odd how sick you can be and just because you know you're close and since you're street copping uh, that it's a definite you almost get yourself well. It's nutty. So we were heading down Frankfurt and the excitement is building. My buddy had a few 20s of coke but he wanted to save it and that wasn't really my thing. Finally we made a left onto Somerset and all the dope boys are out. I drove up the box slowly exchanging looks with all the different sets and other fiends copping. I always circle once and check out the lay of the land and look for cops and you see. Everything seemed like business as usual, so I passed my set and parked as the top of the block and hopped out. As I started up the block, the first lookout says, What's up, Slim? What you need? I said, I need 16, and he yells up the block, Slim in the hoodie needs 16 coming now. And I proceed up the block where you get told to stand right there and exchange your cash, and they count each bag one by one into your hands. Thin blue wax bags, double sealed, and small plastic dime bags. As I turned around and headed to my car, I almost wanted to skip with excitement like a kid on Christmas morning. We were about to feast. We pull away and wait till we get maybe two minutes away and shoot up. My buddy goes out and I can't wake him up. So I panic and do what any good thinking addict would do. I ran his pockets for his Coke, mixed up, and hit him with a 20 bag. Bang. Rang. <laughs> Rang his bell, apparently, because he woke up flying. I was nervous and excited at the same time because things could have went way worse. He proceeds to ask why I wasted his coke and why I didn't wake him up. He tried, and why did I wake him up? He tried to say he was just nodding and didn't realize he was out and blue. Crazy, crazy day, but kind of typical in the life of a drug addict. Hope it came across clearly, and you can put yourself in my shoes. There's such a grimy feeling... With going to the hood and street copping, especially as an upper middle class white kid. Love <clears throat> the show. Keep it up. Toodles. He says toodles. And he spelled it out with lots of O's and lots of D's and lots of L's and lots of E's and lots of S's. Have you ever seen a more than 10 bag bundle? Yeah, I got it. Um, <laughs> Chris, it's Chris, not you. It's just my OCD. Uh, well, it's very. It's my OCD funny. is more that if you, you keep hitting it back to back to back, sometimes you can burn the wick. Anyways, about that email though. I love talking about this. When people fall out hitting them with coke, because my favorite part is how fucked up drug addicts are. Now that I've done that, I've hit people with coke when they weren't responding, and it's metering the shot out. You know, let's say there's three of us and one guy's out, and two of us are metering out the coke to fix the guy who's out, and we're deciding how much coke to put 
because we don't, don't want to give, yeah. we don't want to give him too much and waste it. So yeah. we're literally like, how much to save his life? We don't want to lose any for ourselves. And I don't even know, first of all, if it's really saving is like, I don't even know if it's like, I mean, it seems to work sort of, but I mean, I don't know, you know. I remember when we, we first talked about this, it was because I was watching that HBO show Vinyl. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the characters on Vinyl ODs on dope and the guys like fix him with coke. Yep. And I told you that story and then you told me that you actually had done it. Yeah. You know, and now I remember the earliest, the, the precursor to that was when I was like 15. No, 16, because I could drive. I just got my license, and I was always in, like, the honors kids' classes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I never, like, I hung out with a couple of them, we drank, and I was already doing hard drugs and stuff, like, pretty early. And uh, we just drove, we heard this kid, like, his parents were gone or something, and he had a few people over, and it was, like, this really, really nerdy kid and some other nerdy kids. Um, but I was friends with them, you know, we were in, like, the cl- like, honors classes and stuff together, and I showed up at his house, and I remember I ring the doorbell, and he opens the door, and he opens it, and he sees me, and he just instinctively slams the door, and then he, like, opens up again, and, like, because I had a reputation of being kind of nutty, and then he, like, feels sort of bad, and, like, I come in, and I brought booze, and I get everyone shit-faced, and there are all these kids who, like, don't really drink, and there are these twins, and this one kid gets total, like, drinks way too much, you know what I mean, and he's, like just like blacking out, you know, falling all over the place, like really bad, you know? And these kids are freaking out, like freaking out, right? And I always, I was on massive quantities of Adderall all the time. And they're like, what do we do? Do we go to the cops? I'm like, nah, nah. I'm like, just give them two of these. <laughs> it was like my Adderall. And they were just like so appalled. They're like, no, like more drugs. Like, don't Did you give drugs. it to him? Yeah, I gave it to him. And then like half hour later, he's like, sing. It works. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I think so. That's like the PG-13 PG version of... Do you know that I fucking... I never did Adderall. And like I had... In my last bout with heroin addiction, I had a bunch. And I just put them aside and I was like... I just never wanted to take them. It's like... It's almost like like the opposite of that story where the guy put the dope in the... He could have been. Where he puts the dope in the drawer and then one day he has all that dope. Right, the Eric yeah. Clapton story. He no, I was Adderall. I did. I, that was when I moved out of the apartment. I found all the Adderall, and I found what Adderall were they? orange. Oh, your twenties. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't take were they it. Capsules or pills? Pills. Oh, your twenty regs. Yeah. Brand? I don't know. I they don't make know. thirty regs, but they're off brand. I I never liked uppers, but I wanted to yeah, take you them. You can't take uppers. You're not built for uppers. No, you can't handle it. No, I'm it's surprised a- you can handle hallucinogenics. You what do you mean? In a good mindset. <laughs> oh no, hallucinogenics never, never, never. No, yeah. no. The closest was that story. Oh, see, that's not even bad. I mean, rejection—it's where you take it. If I, it, it, I said my introspective nightmares on hallucinogenics were always about doing drugs. You know, or I had a crazy god complex where I really believed I was God. No, I didn't. I didn't go that far. If you take enough, you go there. It's ego dissolution. When your ego goes away and you cease to be David... Whatever my last name is. Yeah. I I, I always... The most I took was like five hits... And uh, and it was good acid. I, I would just it's really... It's a lot, dude. That's a, that's, you can get fucked. If it's good acid... But, I, but I was always like like listening to music Did or playing music. Did you have visuals? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Serious. Serious So visuals. acid plateaus. Acid to me in my opinion, um, was always my favorite hallucinogenic. And it's in part because I ate so much mushrooms. I did so much – I did a lot of San Pedro's, so a lot of mescaline. 
But it, it was always just getting that shit down, and I'd always just remember what I'd eat. And you liked the taste. I didn't like taste the mushroom. I didn't like the taste of mushroom. Oh, San Pedro's and it goes. Acid was just so great because it's this little thing you put on your tongue. It's like you didn't even take anything. And I like that lap component. And to me, it was stronger than the other stuff. It's also that magic component to having it be this so tiny, tiny thing yeah. packing such a big punch. Yeah, but the thing about acid is it, it does plateau. It plateaus at like a seven or an eight, right? You know what I mean? Like that's about it. What do you mean? Um, the, uh, the, the potency. Um, when you get into DMT... Or anesthetic, like a ketamine or something, it's to infinity and beyond. But the problem is the difference between like a 10 on the 0 to 10, 10 being the strongest trip ever, and like a 9 and a like blackout is so tiny. Do you know what I mean? Like acid, you take a shitload of acid, like you plateau, like you can't go past a certain point with it. Do you know what I mean? Um, even mushrooms, you brown out if you eat a lot of them. I've eaten an ounce of mushrooms, you brown out. With the ketamine and shit, like, and it's a head trip, you can go beyond anything you could ever do with... But it's not the same kind of a trip. And you just forget it, though. You, know you go I mean? black. You, forget, you go black. You, you go know? serious black. Yeah. You go totally D- out. And DMT, you don't go out, but it gets so intense, it's so fleet. Like, acid, you can sort of remember it and try to describe it. DMT, you're like, what happened? And you're like... I don't know, but it was amazing. Yeah, I remember. You can't I, even put it in words. It's I only like did beyond beyond comprehension. I always wanted to do DMT. Yeah. I always wanted to do DMT. I would read stories about Jerry Garcia smoking DMT and like you know just the way he described it was like uh, you know like twenty hits of acid boiled down to ten minutes without any kind of freak out or something. And I, and I always said I would I was never going to get a chance to do DMT because I was. I was like 37, I was off drugs, and I was like, I'm not going to do DMT. And then one day, this guy, this 45-year-old guy, his name was Alan, he he calls me up and he goes, hey Dave, you want to do some DMT? And I was like, what? And he's like, you want to do DMT? I was like, yeah. And I, and I was sort of clean, I was smoking weed, but I wasn't doing dope or anything, yeah. I wasn't clean, whatever. Um, and he invited me to his apartment and he was like plugged in to the hippie scene in yeah. Manhattan. Like, like he's in Grateful Dead cover bands and he knows chemists who come up with all this shit and he busts out some DMT and we smoked it and, uh, I'm just chilling, you know, and I see this painting on his wall and I just like, my head turns to the painting and he had this music playing and the painting just came alive it was it was a thing in itself it was like a story it was like a movie in the it was tiny painting it was like it became like a girl dancing oh, I get it. And, and and spinning and strobing and then it was over and then he took me to some macrobiotic <laughs> vegetarian <laughs> restaurant and it was like and the afterglow it, it, when it's over it's over yeah it's not like like mushrooms and lsd i get trails for like hours like it's like the head trip goes away but, but after gets- the dmt i was altered I was like, I was just trying to make sense of you what had happened. It's so fucking powerful. It's like you had a near-death experience or something. I, I really so wild. But it did affect me afterwards. It I wasn't love, just done. My favorite, dude, my, we had to get Alex back on the show. You know Alex? My favorite, he has the best ways of describing. And it's just this one thing. I remember even telling me this one acid trip he had. And he's like, he, he has all his shit. He's doing heavy amounts of hallucinogenics when he was 16, 17. Like kind of going crazy and giving his parents hell. 
And he was talking about, I don't even remember the details of what happened, but he was like, he's like, and then I ended up on this one street corner and he's like, and I looked down the street and he's like, and I just knew in my heart that it was the last street that there ever was. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I just started laughing and I was like, I know exactly what you mean. And I have no clue what the fuck he's talking about, but I know what he means because it's like trying to describe with words the feelings and things that's evoked through hallucinogenics. Like, that's such a beautiful explanation. And it reminded me of your painting. Like, just like the story. If a normal person listens to you describe that, they're like, what are you talking about? But if you've taken DMT or done a lot of hallucinogenics, it's like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, but but it, the, the amazing thing is, like, it, it reminds me of what Tim said. You know, we seek this place, and once you and you go to the place, and then the switch is on. Do you know what I'm saying? And you like, need to keep flicking. <laughs> well, you do for as long as you want or whatever, but you don't. You don't need to. Well, this is what I always say, and it's like I actually heard this from this guy at a treatment center, and I, I love it, and I use it over and over. Is hallucinogenics for me? It's spiritual pornography. It's a glimpse. It's flicking the switch. I've already flicked it. I know what it is. I'm not going to get anything anymore, you know, from it. I'll flick it for a little bit, and then it goes away, and it just turns off. It's jerking off. It's like it's a it's a mental masturbation to touch with something great or something beyond, and it's not a replacement for the real relationship that can be nursed, as Tim said, through fucking going into nature with his kids and, you know, experiencing it however you choose to and do And it that. can be seen as perverse at that point, like almost like pornography. But yes, I do think there's a subset of people who can find God and purpose through regularly ingesting these chemicals. I think that if you're listening to the show and that's your story, be wary of that. And more than that, send us an email. Send us an email and tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. send a voicemail. We love to hear that shit. For sure. But, but... I just want to say, you know, this was, it's funny, we just did the AA one, and now this is a very <clears throat> heavy using episode. But it's not, it's, it's hallucinogenic, so I mean, what are those? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like, like if you fucking took a dose today, next week you'd be shooting dope. Yeah. You know? No, I, I don't even and, know, and, I don't even know if it'd be next week, dude. Right. I'm just saying, like, oh, I don't know if I told you this story, or maybe I did. A couple of weeks ago... I went to this wedding, okay? My cousin got married. And she married this dude who's like hardcore stoner. Yeah. You know, like insane stoner. Like her sister got married a few weeks before. And like weddings are just so long when you're sober. And everyone's so fucked up. And they, they just, it's too much for me. They just go oh, on. so much. And I'm standing outside smoking a cigarette. And this dude comes out. First thing he says to me is he goes, you're still sober, right? And he talks like the biggest stoner ever. Yeah. And he's also a voice voiceover he actor. Weed to come out? Yeah. He's a voiceover actor. Yeah. So he he's like, "Are you still sober?" Yeah. You know, he's like, and I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, because I brought these edible cookies that I bet you'd like. They don't even taste like weed." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, no, I'm not doing that." And, I, and he was like, "Oh, right on, man." He's like very like yeah. just like out there. And then I'm smoking a cigarette, and he comes out. He goes, "Yeah, I got me this vape." And he starts vaping in front of the wedding. Vaping weed? Yeah, vaping weed. And then, and then my and then my fiance comes out and he's like, "You want to get high?" She's like, "No." And then my sister comes out and he's like, 
do you want to get high? And she's like, okay. And she starts vaping weed with him. And he's yeah. just like, every time I'm outside smoking a cigarette, he comes out with me to vape. Yeah. And that was annoying, but it was not a big deal. Yeah. It was just whatever. I used to love smoking weed. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, you loved it. I loved yeah. weed. I was the stoner stoner. Yeah. Anyway, so fast forward a month later, my the, the, the two of them, like the first cousin got married. Now her sister's getting married. They're both my first cousins. And he's the groom, the stoner. Yeah. Okay. And they get married in this jazz club. And like, just, we get there an hour early. It's a long fucking wedding. And it just, everyone's drunk as shit. And then I go out to smoke a cigarette. The groom's outside vaping with six guys. They're all smoking, smoking, smoking. Then like, I'm standing outside and he goes, He's like, yeah, I just got this vial. Then I got a two and a half milligram something. I don't even know what he's talking about. What is a two and a half milligram something? Two and a half? Yeah. I don't even know what the hell's out <clears throat> He's just talking about getting all sorts of stuff, and I don't know what he's talking about. You know? Um, I can't think of anything that's two and a half. Yeah, me neither. There's extended release Xanax right. I've heard of that's three milligrams. Maybe he got a two and a point five. Yeah. And he's like, I got two and a half. Or maybe it's some vaping thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe you it's know? a vape thing. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway... I'm sitting inside and I, I had just been like inundated with weed and I'm in a jazz club in Harlem and I'm just sitting there and this thought hits me. Maybe I could just take a hit of weed. Yeah. It was, it was, I was just like, maybe I could just of smoke course. a little bud. Yeah. And then, and I really considered it for a second. It was a little bit scary too yeah. because it was like, and, and if I smoke weed, I'm not going to do heroin the next day. But the thing I'll do the next day is smoke weed. Yeah, you know, and there will, and, and if I don't, I'll be really upset. Yeah, of course. That's my act. And then juggling your current living situation. Uh, and then I'll be nightmare. trying to sneak weed, yeah, and it, it just yeah. it would go downhill fast. But the point is, like, I was tempted, and I haven't been tempted in so long. And it was like it was a real thought. Yeah, it was like a real fucking thought, and it annoys me. Yeah, you know. I of course, know. no. And the thing is, you gotta <coughs> fucking say it too, because that shit comes up. You know, like. Well, when's the last time you were tempted? I haven't been tempted like that, but something I've done a couple times and play with it, which I really like, shouldn't do, is if I sit and think of a syringe loaded right. full of clear liquid, right. which to me is cocaine, right. and if I visualize it, if you put it in front of me, if you put a syringe of, with cocaine loaded in it, and I know what's in it in front of me right now, I don't think I can make it more than five, ten minutes. Like before I stick it in my arm, like it's just so compulsive that I don't have that. So that temptation, I mean, when is a syringe full of cocaine in front of you? But it's like, imagine, imagine we do. God would have to remove me from that. Do you know? Like I I have no control over that. Imagine we do like the dopey live show. Like we said, someone comes and and, and people, people are showing up with syringes full of Coke for you. It'd be, I would do it, dude. If somebody gave me that and put it, if I was like, and but so there's certain things that I, I don't. Okay, so I I live in you know I'm in this apartment and I'm by myself. And if if I lived with some, if I lived with a woman, like there could be wine in the apartment, you know, and um, like a, drinks, you know, and like but whatever. In the past, like um, they, uh, um, what the fuck was I gonna say? I can't have booze in my house, even if someone I'm with drinks. I just know that that tem- it, it will tempt me eventually. Do you know what I mean? It, you can't. Yeah, I just can't have it in the house. If I lived with somebody, like when I was staying at my parents' house when I went to school, they have some wine. There's booze here. There's some wine there. Yeah, this is different. Do you know what I mean? 
But okay, if it's if my you, place, I can't have it. What if you share the place with a woman? I, that's fine. You can deal with it. I could but if it's it. just I your even, place. I wouldn't even think of it. It was nothing to me, you know? But if it's just me, it, it'll wear on me eventually. It, booze will take me months and months and months, and it'll be a point where I'm not spiritually fit, and I'll be tempted. That doesn't mean I'll even do it, you know? The syringe full of cocaine, all bets are off. Like, it's just so... If somebody impressive. put a syringe full of heroin in front of me, I, I know what I would do. What? Squirt it out? Immediately. You have to squirt it out, right? Yeah. yeah. Th- just, that would be the solution. It would be squirt it out. Just squirt it out. Yeah, that would be the solution. And it's gone forever. Yeah. You know, then you'd have to lick it. I remember... Um, I remember we got a... You know, do you ever get ketamine? Yeah. We got like a vial of like Hedaset, like the real fucking vials, you mm-hmm. know, like the metal seal. And um, we had never gotten one and we didn't know how to like dry it out. And so we thought we could do it in the microwave and we put it in a little dish and put it in the microwave and I put it on full power. And before I knew it, it was popping and it burst all over the microwave. So you stuck your head and licked the walls? Yeah. So like for like, no, for like months, we were just like, I'd like go in and like lick all. And it's so gross in the microwave. There's all like, how are you supposed to do, deal with stuff? I think if you put it on a low one, you can get out. You can cook it in a spoon. That's what we ended up doing. Why didn't you just do – why wouldn't that be? We were, I was like 15. I was, before I had my drivers, I was 14, 15. Where did you come up with ketamine? Little Stevie's uh, Pizza House. It's all the Bostonians. Little Stevie's uh, by Berkeley College of Music. Berkeley College of Music was where you could get like hallucinogenics. Which I lived right – I grew up right near there. Yeah. I did ketamine once by choice and then got it a bunch of times like as dope. Like it was. Oh, dope. what? Yeah. Like they, they had just like fucked up or whatever. Yeah. But I liked it. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, the one time I did it, I remember I was doing that TV show and I got invited down to this strip club, Scores, with this very wealthy guy and he wanted to sell me a ton of weed. And I got into it's such a long time ago. I was like 23, 24, 23, I think. Yeah. And I and he had this limo, and I get into the limo, and he shows me this bud. And it was such garbage. Like I loved bud. I was like, I just looked yeah. at him. I was like, I'm not buying that shit. And he goes, Well, do you want to try this? And he puts a bump of like a little thing of ketamine on his hand. I was like, Sure. Yeah. I hit that ketamine. I literally was like, Thanks. And I opened the car door and I fell out of the car onto the street, just like straight, straight yeah. down. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I like woke up and like staggered around. I, I wound up in some stripper's apartment. It was very weird. It's a long wow. time ago. Yeah. But that feeling, I loved that feeling of, of taking it in and falling the fuck out. Like I, that was my kind of thing. You know, and I never pursued ketamine. It just seemed too weird to pursue it. It just wasn't going to be my thing. It's a strange thing. It's a strange, strange thing. I was talking... Ketamine is like the new raid for treating depression. Even they're trying to treat addicts with it. Some off-label shit. You know about that, right? I've heard so about like it. So, like, the big thing is, like, um, ECT treatments. It's, it's actually the most effective treatment for, like, really bad major depressive disorder is um, ECT. It's electric truck treatment, electric convulsive treatments. Um, and it's much safer than it used to. It's still really bad. It fucks with your memory and stuff. But it's more effective than SSRIs, more effective than anything. And, and a lot of people don't know that. And they still do it a lot, you know, for people who are super depressed. But what's replacing ECT in recent uh, times is uh, ketamine treatments. You go, get, you go to somebody's office or a clinic and they shoot you up with ketamine like seven or eight times every couple of weeks. And it's helping people with their depression. Do you know anybody that's done that? Yeah, my old, the old doctor I used to work for does it in New York. 
No, do you know anybody that's getting that Oh, that's received it? No, no. Dopey Nation, if any of you are getting uh, weekly ketamine injections, yeah. could you please write us an email or a review about and it? And I feel like, I mean, and it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's actually clinically approved or whatever for uh, for treating depression. I'm assuming it might be. But now they're trying to, it's all sorts of fucking other shit they're trying to use it for. It's like the new, like, who miracle thing. It's just not, I'm sure it's not. But I, I, I think it's promising for depression for certain people. All right, now I'm going to tell the couch story. Okay. So... Many years ago, when I had this beautiful studio apartment in Manhattan, I was, it was one of, the, it was my first iteration of being horrible intravenous drug addict. And, uh, and the apartment was like a big studio with a dressing room in the back and a gigantic eating kitchen for 300 bucks a month on 24th Street. Yeah. And, um, and one night, and, and that house was just wall to wall drugs. Yeah. You know, like, I just, it was exciting. I was young. I had money. I was making that TV show. I remember I made an episode of a show I called The Drug Episode, yeah. where we told the history of recreational drugs in America on this show. Yeah. And um, and to shoot, like, to, to show the drugs, I decided just to get all of them and videotape them myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I had bags of heroin. I had all sorts of pills. I had yeah. ecstasy. I had coke. I had whatever. Yeah. And, and just all over the place. Weed was everywhere, whatever. And one night, and I was alone a lot of the time, and one night I got really high on dope, and I would just, I had this couch. I had this corduroy love seat. It was green. It was like a light, it was like a light green with dark green corduroy grooves. It was like my favorite couch ever. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I was like watching Oz or some dumb HBO show, and I'm shooting dope, and I'm sitting there, and I smell something burning. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I, I smoked cigarettes even then, <laughs> yeah. and and I would always drop cigarettes on the couch, yeah. and I'd smell. And this them. is back before they went out. Yeah, they would burn yeah. back in the day to our younger listeners. Cigarettes pre two thousand three, two thousand two. Right. If you lit it, it burned down to the butt, and, this then was, they, and then they put shit in it that made them go out. This is like two thousand ninety nine or something. Yeah. Like that. And. Um, and I would drop cigarettes, and then I'd smell something burning, and then I would look down and see that in between my legs there was a cigarette. I'd go, oh, shit, and I'd put it out. So this time I'm sitting there, and I'm like, <laughs> like something, something's burning, I think. Yeah. And I look around, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. And then I'd be like, let me get back to nodding out on dope watching TV. <laughs> You're so lazy. <laughs> You're so fucking lazy. And then, and then like, so I'm sitting it's there. It's probably fine. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. And maybe I'd smoke another cigarette. Maybe I'd take a bong it. Maybe yeah. I'd take a shot. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I still, <laughs> I still kind of smell something burning. Yeah. And I'm look, and I look around and I like start. I get up and I start putting my hand on the couch. So and I'm like, I'm, no, no, I'm like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. And I sit back down. And then more time passes, and I'm like, I'm like, there's something definitely burning. And I check the couch again, and I feel heat. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn the couch cushion over. And the inside of the couch cushion, like this big, yeah. like the size <laughs> of like, basketball. like yeah. two basketballs wide, I, the couch is smoldering, orange <laughs> and black, just burning and going out at yeah. the same time, creeping along the bottom of the couch. Like, like a coal, like if yeah, you blow on yeah. it. Yeah. This, but, but going out, like each section yeah. is just brighting up orange, yeah. going black. Brighting, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. So this is my, my instinct. 
It's right next to the window. I open up the window. I flip the couch open, and I start grabbing the stuffing and throwing it out the window. And every piece of stuffing that I throw out the window, once the air hits the fucking, it bursts into yeah. fire. So I'm throwing out the couch cushions out my window, and it's going <laughs> to these like beautiful falling stars of burning couch into the night. And I'm like, That's hilarious. and then the next thing I know, a light is hitting my eyes. And there's a cop downstairs yeah. pointing a flashlight up on me. Yeah. And he goes, and I, I freak out. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, the jig is up. I'm yeah. going to get busted. And then he goes, Dave, is that you? Yeah. And it was this guy, Mark, that lived like in. Like the little patrol guy? But he lived in the building I grew up in. Yeah. And he goes, what are you doing? Yeah. I went, uh, my couch caught on fire and I'm throwing it out the window. Yeah. I'll come and clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I took a pitcher of water. I dumped it on the rest of the couch. And I go downstairs all fucked up, you yeah. know. And he goes, are you all right? I was like, yeah. And I, and I, there was tons of smoldering cushion at the bottom of the thing. And he was like, all right. He kind of patted me on the shoulder. And, um, and it was just, that was it. Yeah. And then 15, 20 years later, I get arrested, um, for dope in the projects on the Lower East Side and I have to go back to get my phone because they're holding my phone in the property. Yeah. He's running property. No way. And he goes, ah, oh, Dave. And I'm like, hey, man, I got to get my phone. And he gives me the phone and he's like, I, you know, he's like, here's my number. If you ever then five years after that, he shows up where I work uh, just randomly. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and I was like, Mark. And he goes, Dave, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but it was like, it was just like, and I, I've known this guy my whole life. and It's, it's every just, five to ten years. <laughs> well, he shows up every once in a while now at Cats. That's funny. That's a great story. It's funny. I'll have to delete that. Yeah. Let me put it in my phone. This is good. Should we wrap it up? I'm good. What do we got? Uh, we got anything left to say? Dopey Podcast Theme Song Contest. Dopey Podcast Theme Song Contest. Um... Drop us a review on iTunes. Like us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and uh, what else is there? Oh, merchandise on the Dopey website. Go to Reddit. Go to Reddit. Thank you. Thank you, Cormac. Um, and the Dopey Nation. What number episode is this? 82? I think it's 82. And we got Troy. And we got Tina. Who we got? Uh, Miko, keep more. <laughs> Who's on there? There's Jonathan, California, Crazy Otter. There we go. Why are you reading text while we are finishing Dopey? Country music plays on. Are you texting lonely spaces while I'm staring at your faces? And the Dopey Nation listens to the song. And there's Jonathan. And there's Demita. And there's the other guy out in New Zealand. And there's that anti-Semite. The Goyish fan Goy. And then there's the dude who says I interrupt too much. What are you doing? Recording a video. Don't record <laughs> videos while I'm singing. Dopey Nation, stay strong, and I'm never gonna say toodles. Oh, okay. Toodles.
need like some of those machatas. They're called maracas. Maracas. <laughs> I could do those. I can. You know what? I, what, what? What's the time? What's the time? Sorry about that. It was an accident. What's the time? Uh, fifty-six. There was something else I wanted to say. Say it. Something that Justin always talks about that's so interesting. That you did all these drugs. Yeah. And um, you didn't read about them before you did them. No, I did most of the time, but I... I don't mean that. Oh. I don't mean that. I mean, like, drug culture, drug oh, history. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know about The stories... I still don't know about it. It's just so funny. I would read trip reports of, like, some other idiot who's like, I took this drug and this is what happened. But I didn't know, like, popular culture and stuff. But what were you saying? What was the point? It's interesting. You know what I love is going to your restaurant and people like always are like shocked that I do the thing with you. They all think that you're that you look way too normal uh, to have done that shit. Yeah. You like that? I'm sure you get that response everywhere. I like that. I went and broke it down in my school. Can I tell you that? No. I had to speak uh, about the opioid epidemic and I just fucking hit him, hit him with the dopey. I didn't hit him with the dopey, but I had shared more about my personal history, and there was classmates in there than I ever have. You should get them to listen to dopey. I know, I should. I've told a couple of people, and I've sworn them to secrecy. Why? Because I don't want that going around the school. There's be a minute for the professors to find out. And I don't even know if there's some sort of ethical thing with being a psychologist and licensure or something. What do you think? Do you think there's an ethical thing? I don't know. I probably should look into it. Listen, Dopey Nation. But we're doing if, a good thing, right? If you have any lines to Vice, maybe you can get well, us a TV show. Well, directly to the last episode. Which one was that? The, the recovery one, not this one. What was this one? This one was not recovery-ish. This was classic Dopey. It was hallucinogenic, though. So. No, this one, you know why this was classic Dopey? Why? Zero structure, thing to thing, weird, bullshit, yeah. reading books, whatever. Let us know what you think, guys. Just listen, do me a favor. If you're going to write a review... Just don't say anything mean about me. Can you just do that? Is that too much to ask? It's not. It's reasonable. Fucking junior eyes. What are you calling me out for? All right, all right. No, 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 no. Can't listen to this anymore, <laughs> dude. You've been running with this for two episodes now. I think three. Yeah. Just can you tell them not to write bad things about yeah, me? Write something good about them. How about that? No, just don't write anything bad. <laughs> you don't. Have to, you can write all the stuff you like about Chris. Just leave me alone. Right. Leave me alone. And. uh... With that, we'll sign off. Toodles. You want to do a verse of Forever in Debt? No. No? You want me to, you want me to close it with yeah, Forever yeah, in yeah. Debt? Just one more. And then we'll do Goods Up Bad after. No, why don't we just close it with this? All right, close it. Uh, one. Just, just one verse. I don't want to do the whole thing. All right. Forever is a long time to pay that kind of price. Might think you saw it coming. It could have just been the northern lights And a long time away is an hour, an hour from when I don't remember when it started Thursday or Friday or then again It could have been forever in debt Building standing set Back to the beginning Got the time to second guess And yes, I'm easily impressed Two ways you do confess Control the situations by the blues inside your dress But I gotta go, got nothing left to say What time is the show, I can't anyone say I gotta go, got no more time today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today
wanted me to start in the middle. It was your own fault. <laughs> All right. Uh, toodles. Take bye. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Stay strong. Stay strong. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. City far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had